0: Thank you. It's Movie Geeks United. Thanks for tuning in. Tonight, we're going to be talking Blu-rays with Adam. Adam's here with us. Hey, buddy. Hey, hey, hey. That's a good Fat Albert uh, greeting. <laughs> that,
1: is, that is a good right. Fat Albert greeting.
2: We could have done that Fat Albert done on Blu-ray? Or,
1: <laughs> no, it
2: is not, actually.
1: <laughs> I, I guess that's the Keenan the,
2: hey,
3: that, the Kenan Thompson movie that never got him where he needed to go. Mm. Nope did not. No. Nope. Yeah. So, stuck on SNL. Yeah. If well,
0: there's, there's, he, let me ask you guys there's anyone question. that can make a career sleepy, it's Bill Cosby. <laughs> 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 no,
3: but let me ask you guys a question. Is Keaton Thompson the longest-running national um, number on? He
4: is. He's been on for 15 years.
1: Wow. much job
4: security, I guess. I mean, he knows. Um, he knows, and he. I feel like he's getting better on that
3: show, but uh you know, uh, he is getting better. The reason I asked that thing, the reason I asked that was a couple weeks ago in the Family Feud skit. Um, the guy who was Jordan Peele, and he made this thing that you start out in sketch comedy, but you're supposed to move on, and if. Yeah, <laughs> it was a real dig it I mean it was like like a really self denigrated But it was really funny though The look on Keenan Johnson's face though so, was
4: just like really? They use him in almost every sketch now Like he's, he's, yeah. he's in almost everything Okay so on to movies Yeah let's talk about movies Yeah big, there you go Big uh you know kind of a big movie week uh, I wanted to start off By talking about Game Night which uh is kind of on the last legs of its run but we never talked about it on the show and uh and I love it. I think it's uh really one of the best uh movies of the year, certainly certainly one of the best comedies with uh Jason Bateman and Rachel McAdams who's really funny in it. Jason Bateman's just usual Jason Bateman, but uh Rachel McAdams is really funny in it there are a couple who you know invite uh their friends over for uh, game nights on a regular basis uh uh one of them is kind of a uh, kind of a bad boy Billy Magnuson who's really funny in it and a black couple uh Lamorne Morris and, and Kylie Bunbury and uh and then there's a next door neighbor that's a scary cop played by Jesse Plemons who's really funny in it uh and uh you know little cameos from danny houston and and uh chelsea Peretti uh and uh and then of course there's Kyle Chandler who's uh very good at it as the as their uh as uh bateman's rich uh brother who is uh who's doing much better than than they are they're they're solidly middle class that couple but uh he's he's uh, very rich and he He decides to augment their uh, game night by a real, uh, by setting up like a fake mystery for them to do. But it turns out that the people who get to do the mystery are actual real criminals who are trying to rip off off Danny Houston's house. and, And anyway, it's. I have to say, you know, it's directed by John Francis Daly and it's co-directed by Jonathan Goldstein. If John Francis Daly's name sounds familiar, it's because he played Sam Weir, the youngest, you know, the young kid, the young lead of Freaks and Geeks. Um, And uh, he's now, you know, a director. He did the Vacation remake a few years ago, which wasn't very good. But this is funny. This is this is a real like uh great ensemble piece that's really well produced when it's at, when it's got action in it it's it's real uh it's really effective uh kind of surprising it's, there's not there's not uh, you know the kind of things that are in a lot of comedies like uh vomit jokes and everything there is a funny almost vomit scene though that's really hilarious which is much funnier than vomiting it's almost Vomiting is much funnier than vomiting but uh it, it is a really really good movie uh it's uh it's it so fast paced and fun and well filmed uh and uh co-directed by Jonathan Goldstein and uh just just a really really good movie i think it's done pretty well uh you know with uh overseas you know receipts, it's probably hit 90 million or something like that but uh if you haven't seen it uh check it out it's really really uh superb you know there's not many great comedies out there so uh you know really really good
3: movie did you, did I, you loved, guys? I loved every I loved every moment of it so yeah. I lie. I saw it like a month ago so yeah I loved it I mean oh it's so good
4: it's so good <laughs> uh real big surprise for me. Uh it's okay, so did we see the new uh Soderbergh?
3: Not nice. yet.
4: Yeah. Um, okay, no, I haven't yet either. Mm-mm. Unsane is what it's called and uh of course it has Claire Foy who's played uh Queen Elizabeth, the young Queen Elizabeth in the in the crown. And mm-hmm. this is one of her first movies after that success and uh oh boy. <laughs> You know, I love Steven Soderbergh. Of course, he shot it on an iPhone, and uh, as a result, it's very dark, uh, strangely dark, because most of it takes place in a mental hospital. And if you, you know, hospitals are really, really bright and overlit, they have to be. Right. Uh, but here, they light them. It's it's lit, you know, for for the iPhone to keep things simple, I guess, on set, and so. Uh, they just kept everything really dark, and it kind of took me out of the movie in some ways. Um, I guess you know. I guess it's kind of a fun movie. I guess it's kind of, you know for horror movies, it's it's better than most. I I would prefer I you know for a movie the same kind of movie you know it's better to go back to something like uh, Snake Pit. You know, it's she's a she's a woman who's uh, been stalked uh, and. Uh, she's uh, She uh, she's, goes in for therapy at a hospital, and they end up, you know, putting a gown on her and keeping her for a few weeks because they have mercenary, uh, you know, they're trying to sap all, all of the patient's uh, insurance. Uh, and so uh, she gets in there, and uh, she starts seeing her stalker, you know, it's not the strongest Soderbergh, you know, usually Soderberg is very infallible. Uh, I think. Oh. Uh not he hasn't doesn't have a lot of bad movies on his credits. Maybe maybe the Good Shepherd is probably to you this point good German, the, the good, German. good, German, yeah. uh, good Shepherd.
1: Is, is, is this the
3: experimental read back to the experimental um like the bubble girlfriend experience kind of schizopolis kind of um it's, it's not quite like that it's not quite that
4: experimental because that was with amateur uh actors, not no, non-professional actors and right. and that was that was a better movie.
1: Uh
4: this this uh you know might appeal to horror fans, you know, who are looking for something a little different. Um uh but you know, give me the Snake Pit anytime. If you want to see a really great movie, watch uh watch Anatol Litvak's Lit uh The Snake Pit. with uh, uh, Olivia De Havilland. I think. What that's, about uh, or, or even Shock Samuel Corridor? Pollard. Yeah,
3: that's what I was gonna say. Shock Corridor. It sounds a lot like Shock Corridor from what you're talking. I mean,
4: it's got a lot of re, it's got a, re, a lot of resemblances to that. uh uh in, in, in many ways, but uh, uh, you know, uh, uh, the supporting cast is is not really great, and uh, and uh, the acting is real spotty and. I think the film is, uh, you know, I like darkness in my horror movies, but uh, this one's a little too dark uh, for me. Right. It takes me out of the movie when I see a hospital. Uh, that, the hospitals That's are good. really, really over-lit. And, uh, right. and this one's uh, lit, lit like a, I don't know, like a bar or something. You know, right. it's just, I don't know. I, I, I appreciate that they realize that darkness is effective, in a uh, uh, in a horror movie And so is Quiet And there's plenty of that in it But uh, it goes kind of off the rails In its final final third But it's kind of a taco movie You know it's just sort of Okay you know It can get you through if you're eating something good Or whatever
1: I And he know. says he's
4: only going to shoot movies now On his iPhone
1: Well he's you know the, the thing animal. about
4: the, thing, the interesting thing about this movie Is that uh, I think three or four hours after he wrapped, after they wrapped shooting, he had Final Cut. So that's pretty wild. Yeah.
1: Then, so
3: uh, he's only going to shoot on the iPhone? Yeah, no, that's, what that's what he says. All right, so how does it look? I, mean, just, I, mean, I know you said it was dark, but how does it actually look? On a movie screen i mean well uh like
4: when they're doing tracking shots, for instance, you can see the, the uh, since the camera is so light uh you can see that it gets bounced uh when they're oh. doing tracking shots and that's so that's they'll have to fix some of that, so they need to weight the camera down or something but uh, uh you know it's it it's all right. I mean it's serviceable but I don't think it I don't think it looks spectacular. But it looks okay for a horror movie, I guess. I don't
0: mean it right. really
4: horror movies, but
0: <laughs> we don't need Soderbergh making serviceable movies. We need Rowdy Harrington making serviceable movies, not super <laughs> <Steve> Soderbergh. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I'm just glad he's making movies
1: again. So...
0: Yeah, that's
3: good.
1: You know. I mean um, that,
3: even if it's not all of them are gonna be home runs, but you know, at least he's doing something. So he found the device, he wants to do it on the iPhone,
0: so he didn't do it on the iPhone then, you know.
3: Yeah.
0: Well you know, wasn't uh was a Florida project shot on a phone or no. Oh uh, no, that Tangerine. The the per- tangerine. tangerine. Yeah, tangerine. Uh, yeah,
1: Which
4: was much more effective, uh, because it's it's mostly Outside, so there's lots of light going into it and everything yeah. and uh and and then really you know really bright colors and tangerines, so they wanted to augment those and uh but this uh this this is uh you know kind of drab and uh and it doesn't really look, again it doesn't really look like a hospital also I should say. Uh, all of the fat characters are the villains. So, as always, you know. Oh, there you go. <laughs> you know, uh, as always. But uh, uh, and then one other review that I want to go to uh, real quick is uh, Flower, uh, the new movie by uh, by uh, Henry Winkler's son Max Winkler. So, more nepotism in Hollywood. Uh, it's about a 17-year-old girl uh, played by uh, Zoe uh, Zoe Deutsch, I think is how you pronounce her oh, name. Oh, from
3: Everybody Once, uh, yeah, okay, all right. Mm-hmm. Okay,
4: uh, yeah, I, I, I had never seen her. I mean, I've seen that movie, but uh, I didn't really recognize her. Uh, she plays a, a, a 17-year-old girl who's uh, – uh Who goes around with her two you know hot bitch girlfriends uh, uh entrapping men with sex and uh and uh and then uh you know blackmailing them uh for uh for cash that she plans to use for college education at uh Devry and uh and uh you know in the in the middle of all this comes uh her uh stepfather uh this this is where uh Tom, Tim heidecker pl- comes in um uh stepfather has a uh overweight son who's getting out of rehab and uh he gets out he's suicidal and everything but it's a rare sympathetic portrayal surprisingly for a movie like this it's a rare sympathetic portrayal of an overweight uh kid uh um and the kid's really good in it his name is uh uh, uh, Joey Morgan. And, uh, he's probably the best performance in the movie. Um, uh, and he and, uh, the lead, uh, kind of hit it off and, uh, and kind of started a kind of nascent romance as they, uh, go on the road. Of course, it's an indie movie, so it has to have a road picture kind of thing in it. And, uh, uh, you know, it's, it's all right. I mean, it's a kind of a taco movie. It uh, you know, if you're eating something good, you'll get through it, but I have to say I didn't laugh once even though it's a comedy. Uh, I thought some of the lines were clever, but uh or, you know, sort of amusing, but I didn't go nuts over it. Uh, Adam Scott is the uh guy that she uh I don't know, the 40ish dad that uh targets for they target for their next you know uh extortion scheme and uh he's all right in it and uh you know i mean uh it's it's got some really good lines in it but it's uh it's not a great movie or anything like that but uh you know i mean it'll be opening at landmark and uh uh it's a i would you know it's kind of a saturday afternoon movie in a way uh you don't want to go uh, nuts over it, but it's nice and short at 90 minutes. And um, uh, Catherine Hahn plays her kind of bitchy mother, and, uh, you know, it's uh, she's she's good in it. She blows blows her top a few times, and, um, you know, it's all right. Uh, you know, it's, I won't go nuts over it, but, uh, you know, it, it, it could be worse.
3: You've mentioned lots of food in your reviews, say nuts and tacos and... <laughs> Very interesting. Can you, can you eat
0: tacos for ninety minutes?
3: That's a long time to eat tacos. Do you have
0: Tums Do you have Tom's or a nearby?
3: I mean, well, you know, you know now
4: case. now I'm on a strict diet of no flour, no corn, no uh, no anything, uh, and uh, so I'm trying to uh, trying to lose the so weight. So, rice and, cake
0: movie. Yeah, the so, rice.
4: Uh, cake. Yeah, the so rice. So I hate rice have tacos cakes. anymore. <laughs> I can't. Can't have them unless they're wheat tacos or something. But uh, yeah, no, I can't I can't have them. But uh, yeah, no, it's 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 all right. It's, I won't go
3: nuts over it. Okay.
0: okay. You uh, you see anything, Jerry? Before we get to Blue rays I saw, I, I
3: saw Isle of Dogs. I saw Isle of Dogs. That was very that was very enjoyable. Um, I, I think X Anderson should stick to stop motion animation. Um, to be honest with you, the, like I mean, this is the best movies are stop motion. Animated movies, uh, Fantastic Mr. Fox, and this one. I mean, this one is delightful. Um, mm. Really wonderful movie. Um, Crazy cast I, I, of voices. You no, know, I mean, I, can't, I mean, you can't. I mean, that's quite. There's some really uh, great voice out there. Um, but no, it's actually, it's it's really well done. Really well made. Um, his attention to detail, especially in this format, is incredible. I agree. Um, I mean yeah, I haven't I mean, seen
4: the just, movie yet but but uh you know, Fantastic Mr. Fox is the same way,
3: you know. Yeah, I mean it's just it's you can't help but just marvel at everything in the film. Um but no, it's actually really well done. I thought just I mean I he makes like children's movies that are, you know, like obviously like a Pixar kind of that he adult definitely do. probably more adult oriented than you could, um than you can really imagine in that sense. But um I last we saw the death of Stalin and while Dean I agree with you game night is a very funny movie death of Stalin is the funniest movie of the year hands down it is I don't think I don't think I've laughed that hard in the movie in quite some time um so well made yeah I mean it's brilliant um it's just it's no wonder Putin doesn't want it shown in Russia um it's just so so brilliant and so funny um I, that's another one that I, I strongly I mean really those two and in Gameplay obviously too but yeah, Death of Stalin though definitely everything that Dean said uh, magnified by a million just go see it you will not see a better movie this year uh, that's, Really? It, well I mean you know at least you know
4: at, at this point in the year we don't have mm-hmm. usually have we have, over the past few years we haven't had as many good movies out there uh, as we do now like uh, you know <sighs> Uh soon uh home video will be uh you know, filled with some, some of these and uh you know, again the polka king was good and uh small time crime and Dina and uh yeah. yeah. So uh you know, it's uh it's rare <laughs> these days. Yeah, it is the home uh, video. Home
0: so what do you guys think of uh, Adam Adam I'll ask you first? Sure. Uh, someone else can someone else can chime in with another voice. Uh, when Spielberg said, "If you, it's not fair that they have one week of release in theaters, Netflix films, and then they get Academy Award consideration. If you make a movie for a TV format, then you've made a TV movie. Do you agree with that?"
2: I'm kind of on board with that, actually. Uh, if if they're just going to give it a token release. Um, you know, for a week or two, just so they can get it, get the Oscar credibility. I, I, I think they're just doing that because they they want the the credibility. But then after that, they're gonna they're just gonna dump it on the side and it'll be forgotten. You know. Yeah, like, uh, they're
4: gaming the system.
2: Yeah, and uh, it, it's like uh, I've cited this example many times. Uh, you know, two years ago there was a new Pee Wee Herman movie. Nobody knew about it. And you know, fifteen years ago, if somebody said there was a new Pee Wee Herman movie.
4: People would have been rushing out for that.
2: Right. Yeah, Yeah. and it was just nobody knew. And it's like the last Christopher Guest movie. I've talked to so many people who love those other Christopher Guest movies, and I said, you know, there is another one. Really? And they couldn't believe that there was a – so it's like, I don't know. Uh, I I kind of feel like he's got a point. He's got a
3: point. We've talked about this countless times on the show. Netflix has a movie marketing problem. Um, they're so at home in their shows, and they also have to realize that even their shows are really built on word of mouth. Mm-hmm. They have to do the same thing with their movies. They're not doing this with their movies. I mean, it's really the movies. You just met like, yeah, mascots is the Christopher Guest movie. If I mm-hmm. hadn't looked that night, I would never have known. I watched it when it came when it came out, but I mean, yeah. I would never have known about that. And you were right. Herman movie um oh look at this movie I haven't watched yet but the one with um Jared Leto that was originally going to be a Tom Hardy movie The Outsider um geez I you know,
4: didn't even know about really, that one
3: yeah that was originally a big deal and that you, you know what I looked two weeks ago and I was like oh wow and I had to look it up and I was like oh my god this is the film that was going to have Tom Hardy in it originally and, and, that, and it's just dumped on Netflix um and that's true with a lot of their films that they buy um if I was Scorsese, I would be very nervous at The Irishman right now um, because this is the kind of treatment. Is, I mean, it's not going to get that kind of treatment, but they're going to have to do better than just dumping it on the Netflix.
1: What are their promotion
4: de-
3: departments
4: going to uh, doing? I mean, they're they're not they they have a promotion department. What are they doing? <laughs> they're not. You know, I mean, when I was working at Turner Network Television. You know, we have a department that creates posters and, and creates buzz for the uh for the movies that they make and the series and everything. Uh it seems yep. like they're uh are they cutting corners
0: so that they don't have to uh do that uh, you do We see, the see them occasionally on talk shows like Adam Sandler do the talk show circuit and then Ricky Gervais mm-hmm. did the talk show mm-hmm. circuit to promote his new concert on there. I mean, the, this wasn't the question I asked. I asked about Academy Award yeah. consideration, but uh, but uh, you know, they do need to do a better job of promoting. Uh, but you know, they're not foremost in our mind because we don't see them on the top ten highest-grossing films every weekend, and that list that comes out. Yeah. Um, so uh, you know, and I think uh, I think that accounts for a lot that they're in the they're in the news and tracking box office is such a sport now that it's posted all over the place. Right. Netflix is hemorrhaging money. I'm sure Netflix gets his, gets their viewership is just fine on a lot of these things yeah. that we think have, have disappeared uh, because they have a ton of subscribers. They have many mm-hmm. more subscribers than go to yeah. the movies on a regular basis. And it's, uh, it is it is going to be interesting what they do with Irishman because you yeah. can understand why they, they spent that much damn money on it. And you can understand why they'd want to put it on their platform, and that'll be the only mm-hmm. place you're able to see it. But yeah. uh, but they also understand that you know you got a Scorsese movie, you got major uh, event awards buzz, and the only way to capitalize on that is to release it in theaters. So I you know uh, I hope they do it right, but uh, Scorsese wouldn't uh, wouldn't sign on something that he wasn't down with, I don't think.
3: I, would I, don't, think, I don't
0: think. I would think that in the
4: negotiation phase, uh, you know, he knows all about you know their habits, and uh, there's there's no there's no way he would agree. I, it seems impossible for me to think that, you know, that it would live only on the on the mm-hmm. channel. Uh, yeah. I, you know, it's
0: uh, it's. And I don't know. I I don't know if us, bemoaning it is going to change the tide. Because I know I no. the tide is already set. I think I think one day, the Oscars are just going to break down and accept Netflix movies without a theatrical premiere. Hey, <laughs> here's a news article.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> the Can I just want to read this because I thought it was funny. The Cannes Film Festival has banned red carpet selfies because it uh, gums the up the art- carpet. And that's a news article to which actor James Russo replied, "Good. Now they should ban the whole old-fashioned, pretentious walking down a red rug, smiling and posing like a fucking idiot." <laughs> yeah. There you go. Great. That was fun. Yeah, was I mean,
3: great.
0: you
4: know, it's the. the uh, I mean, it's an old tradition, so I mean, I'm I'm for the red carpet thing. You know, it's it's kind of fun and
0: the dog know, and I'll, pony show.
4: It is, yep. but uh, mm-hmm. it is, but it's it's uh, fun. I mean, luckily I've gotten the chance to do that at the at the uh, at the Pretty in Pink premiere a long time ago, and uh, you know, g- a great party afterwards and everything. Uh, you know, mm-hmm. Adam.
0: Yeah, uh, it's your time to shine.
2: Okay. Yeah. Yay. All right, here we, we go. go. What month is it? March. Right. But the March. Blu-ray- it's March. Yep, the land of the March Blu-rays. Yeah, we we'll, uh, well, we'll start, as we usually do, with the early part of the month and work our way forward. And in this case, it would be March 6th. There were a couple of, uh no we normally don't do newer films, but I will uh, throw out a, sh- a shout-out to a couple of Oscar nominees that are out and available. Faces, Places is one, the Agnes Varda, that uh, everybody was pretty sure it was going to win in its category, but did not and uh that directed by J.R., right? <laughs> yes. Yes. And co-starring. And, <laughs> and Ladybird is now available as well and uh The Breadwinner, uh the animated film which Which is uh, good. Yes, very very. And uh, I was going to say people should seek that out. So, uh and then getting into catalog titles um Mill Creek Entertainment uh, has been putting out some of the uh, lesser-known Hammer films, and they've issued a double feature, Never Take Candy from a Stranger and Scream of Fear. Those are two from Mill Creek. Scream uh, of
4: Fear sounds uh, 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 sounds, uh, familiar. Who's in that one? It's
2: 1961, actually. It's a Christopher Lee, Susan Strasberg, and Ronald Lewis – Oh, it's directed and, by uh, Seth
4: Holt, who did uh, who yes. did the nanny with uh, with Betty Davis, that, who, and of course it's written by Jimmy Sangster, who is mm-hmm. the famed uh, screenwriter for Hammer, you know, a lot of Hammer things. So, yeah. uh, that sounds interesting. But yeah, uh, what was one... the other title?
2: Uh, Never take candy from a stranger, which uh, actually uh, several people who uh, colleagues of mine who have gotten this disc, so that's really, really uh, uh, un, uh, worth seeking out as well. So, and it it has um, Gwen Watford and Patrick Allen. It's 1960, but uh, both of these Hammer uh, lesser known Hammer, I should say. So and and uh, the great thing is you won't be spending a lot. The disc is less than ten dollars. You can get it for like eight bucks for a double feature. So it's uh wow. it's, you know, not a bad deal. Another mm. uh meal Miltre- You ever
0: taken uh, have you ever taken candy from a stranger, Adam?
2: I can't say that I have, although I've been offered candy
0: from a stranger. <laughs> not not only not not even on Halloween?
2: Uh, that, yes, I have on Halloween. Yes, but uh, <laughs> on
0: IMDb, uh, by the way, it's called
4: "Never Take Sweets from a Stranger," which is no. a lot more British than. <laughs> yeah.
2: than yeah. yeah, The Catherine Hardwick film, uh, Lords of Dogtown, from 2005, with Heath Ledger. movie. Yep, that's the one. Yeah, this is uh, Mill Creek also has issued this one. Uh, same same distributor that put out the Hammer thing we just talked about. So uh, first time on Blu-ray for that one. Um, it's good, but uh, I like the documentary better. I have to
3: agree with you on that. The
4: documentary
3: is better. It's not a bad movie though. Not at wrong. It's a fun movie,
4: but it's okay. A, you know, I mean, especially if you're a skateboarding enth- enthusiast. Yeah. You know that, and Punishment Park is uh, is also uh, not Punishment Park, but uh, what was that? What was that? Uh, uh, what was that movie uh, uh, that uh, the? Uh, oh shit. What was that movie? <laughs> it's uh, Paranoid Park. Sorry, Paranoid Park. Yeah, Paranoid, mm-hmm. Park. You know, Paranoid Park. No, Paranoid Park is
3: actually better than, you know, it's also somewhat better than On um, the Horses of Dogs. So, but, you no, know, the documentary is, like, I think, the be-all, end-all skateboarding documentary. I mean, that's, like, that's it. I mean it doesn't get better than that. Um, You'd have to go back to
4: Skater Dater or something like that, which is the short film (laughs) that Noel Black did in the 60s. Probably kind of hard to see. It might be an extra on something, but uh, uh, I wonder if it's uh, an extra on maybe Pretty Poison or something, which he also directed. Hmm. But uh, uh, Oscar-winning short film uh, about skateboarding and it's really old-school skateboarding. So... uh, it's uh, that's that's really good. If you've never seen it, it might be on YouTube someplace. It's called Skater Dater. It was actually theatrically released. Uh, it was, uh, you know, I think it, it it hits twenty or thirty minutes, and uh, it's really good.
0: Wow, man! When I was a kid, not skateboarding, but actual roller skating was a big thing. To go oh, to the yeah. roller skating mm-hmm. rink and stuff, man. That's yeah, how yeah. Nowadays, hasn't it? That's how
4: my parents met. Wow, <laughs> was was at a, a skating rink here in Atlanta, which is now closed. Although the building's still around, it's called it was called uh, uh, it's called uh, uh, Skate Land or something like that. So, uh, yeah. but uh, you know, really, really great place.
2: We still have them around my area, and people, uh, the kids, still come out on weekends. From what I see, It looks like I see them lined up at okay. the door on weekends. So yeah, it's still right. still going. All in right, all prove me wrong, Adam. Well, no, mm-hmm. well, it's just it's probably just invited
0: in back the next, West. West. <laughs> And you remember that
4: movie? Remember the movie, the uh, black skating movie, uh, a roll bounce that came yeah, out bounce, uh, yeah. not, mm-hmm. not came too
0: long down. ago. So, <laughs> all
1: right,
0: next
2: but, title. Yeah, so the next one, uh, it's a double feature of two seventies drive-in horror films: The Last House on Massacre Street and House on the Edge of the Park. <laughs>
4: uh, <laughs> wow, um, I don't know the, what to say never heard well, of
2: these. Yeah, well the last one has uh, It's an Italian exploitation With uh, David Hess from Last House on the Left So obviously they were trying to trade in On the, uh, the notoriety of Last House on the mm-hmm. Left and It's House on the Edge of the Park I haven't seen either, either one of those Didn't get a review uh, title of this one But um, anyway oh, uh, The interesting thing about pity. it well, well, the interesting thing though is it does have a drive-in theater mode on the disc with uh, with ads, and so uh, it has all the old, you know, you it gives you the uh, the the feel of seeing it in that mode. It a, in that mode yeah. Does it does it allow you to put your car in reverse and pull out of the drive-in?
0: You <laughs> can only hope. And rip and and rip the speaker off the post.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
2: Yeah. Well. Uh, Anyway, so Adario Argento's 1971 film, The Cat of Nine Tales, with uh, Carl Malden as a blind detective. Isn't that interesting? Mm. So uh, that's wow. a limited edition Carl from Malden Arrow. was in
0: an Ar- Ar- Argento movie? I didn't know that. Yes,
2: he, w- he was, and James Franciscus as well. So, yeah. well that's interesting. That doesn't surprise me. <laughs> Carl Malden's a
4: catch, though, for a movie like that.
2: Yeah. Actually he's a blind puzzle maker in the movie, I, I correct myself who overhears uh an attempt to blackmail one of the scientists before a, a robbery of some sort of organization. But anyway it's a you know, it murder plays into it and all that. It, I've seen it, it's been a long time. It's it's not, not bad. I remember it being uh, you know uh, You know,
4: some of the... those Argento movies have good scores. Doesn't yeah. It? Oh yeah, they do. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah.
2: This yeah. One? Is a lot this of one, more, did you watch yeah.
4: it? Did you, uh, have you, have you,
2: does it have one? Or this one? Uh, yeah. Cat and Un-tills. I think it's Morricone, I believe. Oh. Uh, yeah. Wow. So, <laughs> I, I think so. Yeah, Morricone so, yeah. did
0: the bird, bird with a crystal plumage and um, did the several with Argento
1: that are good scores. I think Goblin did,
0: so. Goblin did some Argento too. Of course. Yeah. yeah. Yes. Yeah. Oh, well, of course, uh, yeah
2: most famously
4: they did <laughs> they yeah, did for serious. horror fans it's uh, it's of yeah. course at
2: least yeah <laughs> yeah so the dark crystal has been reissued uh in not only blu-ray but 4K it's a 35th anniversary edition doesn't seem like it's been that long but i guess it has um the last time it was issued i think it was 2009 for blu-ray so now they've they've upped it with the 4K and uh uh, what I'm hearing is the transfer is pretty amazing. Um, you know, if you're a Dark Crystal fan, I, I had always admired what he attempted with that, but I just didn't think it quite worked. Uh, the story's just weak, um, kind of in service of his creations, I think more so than anything. But uh, you know, it does have its huge fans. Online, no mean. I mean.
4: online. No, sorry online there's a really great uh uh website called uh L- or uh, on uh youtube there's a, a guy that uh breaks down all of uh the dark crystal and goes into it for like thirty minutes uh, he he's a really popular uh youtuber whose name escapes me at the moment but uh, he's got his site has uh gotten m- You know millions of followers, and uh, he's really engaging. Does a lot of uh, uh, animated stuff and stuff like that uh, about his life and everything. Uh, Wow! And he does, but he Dark Crystal was one of the movies that he remembers first movies he remembers seeing uh, on uh, uh, you know as as a young child and being affected by, and now Mm -hmm. now he considers it like complete nonsense, you know. uh, uh oh
1: wow a, a, so uh that's an interesting
4: kind of, thing he He breaks down you know the, the nonsense of it and everything and uh but still has an affection for it and uh um, yeah
3: so it, well let's let's not let's not forget that dark crystals really who who goes and works strong with Jim Henson Gary Kurtz, who you could say was the yep the one person, the one person who could tell George Lucas no And get away with it um so. Just remember that when Gary Kurtz leaves, um uh, Return of the Jedi to go work on the Dark Crystal, right there—that's the beginning of the end. So, if mm-hmm. you um, really want you really want to go that far back, but I think it says something about the project that Gary Kurtz was that taken with it. He was willing to leave that and get away from that to go to you know. So, I've always thought that was one of the most intriguing things about that was that he would leave this Beam um, off to go take a chance with Jim Henson. So, mm-hmm. so. yeah, yeah, no, well, no question about
4: it. You know, yeah. Uh, uh but uh yeah this uh this website uh that breaks down uh um uh, dark crystal is called the i one out i ones out
1: yeah.
4: uh and uh it's i by the way this this guy does really really great stuff so when you watch one of them it will suck you in and you will spend the whole day watching I ones <laughs> out uh things. Uh I mean this particular thing about uh about Dark Crystal has four million views now and it was only put wow. up ten months ago. But it's uh it's it's almost twenty three it's twenty three minutes long, his assessment of the movie and uh it's really uh good and he's very entertaining. Mm.
2: Nice. Thanks for that info. Yeah, well, I wasn't aware of it. it yeah. Well, uh, we were just talking about Ennio Morcone and his work with Argento, but uh, we always knew that he worked uh, quite often with Sergio Leone, and uh, one of the Sergio Leone, this may be the last time they collaborated, I'm not sure. Duck, you sucker, or uh, it's been issued here in its original title, A Fistful of Dynamite. Right. Mm-hmm. By Kino. Uh, from 1971, this is the complete two-hour and 37-minute print. By the way, it's been notoriously butchered over the years, but this is the complete print uh, as it was originally issued. I gotta and tell you, there's a,
0: I love yeah? I love the duck you sucker score. I love that. Yeah. Boom. 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 And it's <laughs> uh, a lot of it is essentially the same score as he used in mm-hmm. closure. but they yeah. they also
3: did *Once Upon <laughs> a Time
2: in America* together in '84. Yeah,
3: that was the last that thing is, that they would have done. I
2: wasn't sure if it was the last or not, but you're right, it is. I I love that it's two hours and thirty-seven minutes long because ever since
4: uh, ever since *The Shining*, when I was a little kid, I was I've been obsessed with the number two thirty-seven. Uh, you know, of course, famous. Because it was the name of the number on the haunted, you know, hotel room in The Shining, and mm-hmm. ever since, uh, you know, for years after I saw The Shining, I would see 237 at every uh, uh, every, you know, place I could look, you know, and uh, I'm even seeing it in movies, you know, uh, all sorts of places, you know. I have a list of, uh, you know. M- movies that, uh, mention 237, you know, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's crazy. I'll, I'll go into that list on another show, but, uh, it, it is, it, it's nuts.
2: <laughs> well, if, uh, you know, if you're, you're looking for the complete version of A Fistful of Dynamite, then, uh, look no further because, uh, this is, and it's got a great, uh, Assortment of extra features. It has an audio commentary by director Alex Cox, which is interesting. Uh, uh. Audio commentary by the film historian Christopher Frayling, and a um, couple of featurettes. Um, there's one that uh, it's a featurette Sergio Donati remembers, and there's um, there's a featurette on the restoration of the film, and um, a segment from the Trailers From Hell website that's uh, mm-hmm. been put on here and there's radio spots and trailers for all five of the Sergio Leone Westerns are included as well. So nice little, uh, nice little package. Hey,
3: hey. No, no, I just think it's interesting Alex Cox was a commentary because he did great commentary or uh, whatever. Remember the Great Silence long ago, that DVD from, like, ages ago with that like, Western with like, Um Spaghetti Western. That was really good. Um, yeah. So, yeah, and, Alex Cox knows his stuff about this. So. And, of course, he does a column in, uh, in
4: uh, Film Comment.
1: Yeah. yeah. You know, True.
4: from time to time. So Alex Cox has uh has got a, you know, a late career as a as a film
2: commentary uh, yeah. specialist. So yeah. yeah,
1: he's uh Okay, so who who released
2: Full of Dollars? What company? Adam Oh, this was uh, Kino Kino Lorber a Studio okay. Classics of Film Classics. So they put okay. this out. Uh yeah, so we and we we'll move to March 13th now. Um Downfall, the uh the film about the last Days of Adolf Hitler. Bruno uh, Gans in the league. That's the really fantastic. Yeah, I mean, man, I've been watching
0: that, uh, like, in, like, 20-minute uh, stretches because it's on my TiVo. I hadn't mm, seen yeah. it before. Uh, so I'm about halfway through it. But um, it's hard to imagine uh anyone giving a better Hitler performance than Bruno gans No, yeah. it is That's the pretty best It It's the
3: best performance. It is really, it's really, really funny. We were
0: watching that before we went to the concert last Sunday.
3: But like,
4: okay. <laughs> um, yeah, it's a it's a great performance and you know, it's right up there with his lead performance in Wings of Desire, which is getting a four a K restoration, uh, yep. Wings of Desire yeah. by uh, mm-hmm. um, By Vim Vendors, uh, which uh, I've never seen on the big screen, and I'm hoping to get to see it on the big Mm -hmm. screen. You know, Uh, I I cannot wait for that.
0: You know, another thing I've been watching in 20-minute stretches, uh, speaking of Vim Vendors, is uh, the five-and-a-half-hour cut of Until the End of the World.
4: Wow. (laughs) Wow. I, I. I, I, I'm i interested, but uh, boy, I, I don't know. <laughs> you
0: want to have already seen it. You want to have already seen it, you don't want to go through actually watching it.
1: <laughs> yeah. But you want to
0: say you say that you've seen it.
1: Yeah. Uh, I understand. What's yeah. the five
3: hour, what the hell is the five hour, what would be in
0: that? Yeah. My God, I mean. Everything.
3: It's Everything. I mean, it's
1: Yeah.
0: It's pretty lethargic. And, you know, and uh, I like the idea of until the end of the world. I just find that I much prefer the soundtrack over the yeah <laughs> the, uh, score the it, film. Yeah. <laughs> uh, is it a two score or
1: is it a U uh, two? No, U2 it's a lot of
0: Scram Ravel, is the composer, but most most of the soundtrack are are pop pop music that they commissioned for the movie. Right. And so it's the songs. It's actual music, music that's really good in it. But mm. Good. Very good. Lou Reed and, and uh Lou Reed and uh Kitty Lang and uh mm-hmm. YouTube and all sorts of like early nineties you know music stars. Julie Cruz, yeah. It's
4: got some
2: great stuff on it. Yeah, it does, yeah. It's, uh... Yeah, the Downfall that I just mentioned, that's a Shout Factory release. It's one of their uh, Shout Selects. They're doing uh, something similar to the uh, Criterion stuff, and uh, they've got a, a line of these um, collector's editions, and uh, that's one of them. Does
4: it have a collection of some of the uh, uh, YouTube spoofs of uh, of Downfall? The, of of. – his speeches with different uh you know, Hitler's speeches you're, you're getting angry at his uh at his underlings and, and then but uh, different
3: subtitles on it and stuff.
1: Yeah, those are oh. the
2: best.
3: I mean you could make I mean you could make a whole box
2: set of those at this point. I mean That yeah, would be great. <laughs> I, yeah. I don't know what's on this one because I didn't get, uh title I mean, this.
0: So would, Adam, My would you recommend it. that uh somebody somebody's into collecting Hitler
1: memorabilia.
0: Pick this up. <laughs> I, I think they'd be disappointed. Well, <laughs> <laughs>
1: well it's the great.
3: Uh, it's probably the greatest Hitler movie. I mean, we it really pick, is. Hey, just just yeah. remember, you, you bring up Wynn Wenders? Remember he wrote that editorial when this came out, saying they are too lenient on Hitler. Remember that? Remember he wrote this mm-hmm. when this movie came out? It was very controversial because they thought they're letting Hitler off the hook almost with this movie. Wim vendors. Mm-hmm. Was, Making um, him into
4: know, kind of a sympathetic character in some ways. Yeah, uh,
3: I, I don't think he goes that far. I see, where, I can see where he would come to that, but it's really not because, like, if anything, he's so con- he has so much contempt for the German people towards the end of the movie. I don't think it paints him in a favorable light at all. I think oh, he's that very,
4: that he's you know, he's very clearly a madman. Obviously, yeah, so I mean, he's, but he's, I, he's I, not he's not going around giving sweets to the children and stuff. You know, yeah. he's. So, but uh... it's a
3: far
0: cry from the Alec Guinness movie. So, yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
4: that it is.
0: Did Where you ever see? Like uh, did smoke you, smoke you ever see Hopkins? Hopkins play? Uh, oh, yeah. in that movie the bunker. The bunker? The bunker
3: yeah, that's, that's good. hysterical. No that, no, that movie's
0: hysterical.
3: I'm sorry,
4: hysterical. Take that movie
3: seriously. What? Oh, you it's, can't, it's a bad a TV movie. Yeah, it's a bad. I mean, when he gives when the guy I forget who is who is it who's playing um. Who goes in? He's like they look at the painting of Frederick the Great, and he starts like going on. And now Frederick the Great would never do this. You have to be like Frederick the Great. I was like, oh my god! <laughs>
4: the the <laughs> problem with having Hitler speaking English is it loses all of its power. He loses all That's of its power because oh, you yeah, you, you got to have that glottal sort of German, uh, you know, to mm. really to
2: really get the
1: uh, <laughs> you know that kind of thing. Absolutely right. Absolutely.
2: Well, right. um, that had Richard Jordan. I think I was, might be the one you're talking about. Yeah, that about. Richard
3: Jordan was playing that part. Yeah, yeah. And, right. And was, it was a, it was hysterical though. I mean, it was just you could. I remember staying up late watching it with my dad one night. and I was just thinking, like, my God, they have yet to get this right.
4: Mm-hmm. <laughs> I I have affection yeah, for that that version. <laughs> but, <laughs> but, I do too. But, I like I like oh, those TV because, movies of that, that movie.
1: era. I do yeah. too. Uh, yeah, Hitler I movie. just uh I just. When you're in for a fun Hitler is movie,
0: it
3: is, it is. If you can't laugh about it, what, what's the point? Um <laughs> Well, or or, or,
2: or Gary Cole and the producers, you know. Yeah. <laughs> I was just going to say the casting of Cliff Gorman as uh, Joseph Goebbels was uh, quite weird. interesting. <laughs> oh, that's another one,
1: yes. That's,
2: <laughs> that is that was weird. The one no that question. sticks out in my mind. Yep. But anyway, uh, I digress. So A Trip to the Moon, the 1902 silent film, has been oh. released in a deluxe edition. Um, I, I'm not sure who the distributor is on that one. That is uh, Flickr Alley. Let's put that out. So, um, Flickr Alley. Did you watch yeah. it? Uh, I didn't get a review copy of that one, but uh, okay. I'm not sure if they sent any out. Actually, uh, I don't know of anybody that received one, but it's, I it's there. I wonder if it,
4: any of it is tinted, or uh, you know, may, maybe some color in it, or yeah. if they have uh, you know, a, uh, you know, maybe a uh, inclusion of maybe original uh, original print that's all beat up and everything. Because uh, I, I just think that would be interesting, but
2: uh, you know. Yeah. Okay. That it would be. So the 1927 W.C. Fields film Running Wild has been issued by Kino. Wow. It's a silent I, film. Oh, it's a silent. Uh, well, I like yeah. it better when
4: he talks. You know, I think. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I haven't actually seen a lot of his silent movies. Yeah. Well. He's so verbal and uh, and uh, everything. He's not. He's not. Uh, I mean, he's uh, he's mm-hmm. does some visual comedy and yeah. everything, but uh, obviously, but uh, you know, uh, his way, manner of speaking and everything with that uh, you know, uh, verbiage uh, you know, complex verbiage that's heavily influenced yeah. by uh, Charles Dickens uh, is, is very uh, is very much a part of his uh, work, but still, that would be interesting to see.
2: Yeah, Here's an interesting well, to-
4: question,
0: have they because I don't think they have, have they ever made a movie out of the Fatty Arbuckle scandal?
4: Never have.
2: No, they should nope. have.
4: They should do it now. now.
2: That would be great.
4: It would work better now than it would have ever worked oh, because he, 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 was, he, he
3: was
4: He was the original grab him by the pussy
3: he was although, the, yes, I mean, I
0: couldn't say it better myself. I mean,
4: although I think uh, he was declared innocent of all this stuff. He was. And, well,
0: and, yeah, but, but know, they they him. kept trying him. They tried him like four or five times until – Right.
4: Because the they so, kept trying but, to
0: find the guilty
4: but we don't want to try him in public again <laughs> even way yeah. after his death he, he he was declared innocent and so all a lot of that was uh, uh you know I, i'm i don't know the veracity of of any of it really but uh well you should read I, the
0: book uh you should read the book uh, i had the book at one time it was just written a couple of years ago uh need to they, read go, that. they really go into it it's great uh, it's called room something Whatever mm-hmm. room number it was that she was in, and it goes in a lot of Virginia Rappay and the trials and mm-hmm. everything, and how how his life was ruined. I mean, he was honestly mm-hmm. the biggest star. I mean, there was no one bigger.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. He yeah. paid
2: his. He paid in the waistline uh, too. Right? Right. <laughs> I was going to say he paid the price ultimately because he couldn't get a job after that. He couldn't get arrested. Uh, no pun oh, intended. Oh, he, but he died a <laughs> cre- crushed man. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, he, he 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 really did. You know, I was out there. Uh, I found her grave, and it was kind of just kind of forgotten. You know, kind of, I don't know, the weeds were kind of taking it over, and it's kind of sad. Where is you it? know, it's like, uh, it's, it's over there, uh, Hollywood Forever, right beside Paramount. Oh, is it? Uh it's right. It's right over there, and uh, you know, it's kind of I don't know. Not it's kind of forgotten. Like I said, just you you'd almost you could literally walk over it and not know that that was it.
4: Well, but, hell, um, Fatty
2: Arbuckle's almost forgotten.
4: So yeah, well, you that's know, true
2: too. That's what
4: that's why a movie would be great uh, mm-hmm. about all of that. So this would be the perfect time to do a Fatty Arbuckle movie.
2: Uh, so a couple of Fritz Lang's final films, a pair of them. Uh, that he did for RKO have been issued by Warner Archives. One is While the City Sleeps, which stars – both of these star Dana Andrews, actually. But While the City Sleeps has also Rhonda Fleming and George Sanders and Vincent Price and Thomas Mitchell and John Barrymore, Jr. and Ida Lupino.
4: Good. It's a serial killer movie, you know. Right.
2: Yeah. One of the first. The Case of the Lipstick Killer. Mm-hmm. And uh, and then the other one uh, has uh, Dane Andrews beyond a reasonable doubt. Dane Andrews and Joan Fontaine. That's that good one.
4: too. That's really really good. Uh, yeah. It's... Yeah. Where was uh, he get? He gets accused of a murder that he didn't commit, or something like that, and or
1: mm-hmm.
4: but maybe he did. Uh, you know, uh, it, it's uh, it's it's very good. It's not he yeah. plays a novelist and uh, yeah. And Sidney Blackmer, nice. one of the villains in in uh, in Rosemary's Baby, you know, uh, Ruth Gordon's husband is in it.
2: Oh yeah, yeah, yep. Satan Worth was seeking out. <laughs> yeah, <laughs>
0: yeah. <laughs> <laughs> exactly.
2: <laughs> yeah. So uh, anyway, there, there's that, and then um, Arrow has issued a trio of um, they're calling these the films uh, between night and dawn. In the career of uh, George Romero, they put them out in the box a while back, but they've issued them separately now. <laughs> Season of the Witch and The Crazies, and there's always Vanilla. So. Oh man, of, I tried
4: to watch. Uh, there's always Vanilla, which is his non-horror movie. Yeah. Uh, it's like a, it's like a young guy, you know, trying to navigate the '60s, you know, uh, dating scene or whatever, and uh, I don't know. <laughs> I was like yeah i can't make it through this it's interesting but i can't make it so but uh i guess if you're a fan of romero this is something uh that you that you have to see out of curiosity
2: yeah what do you think about the crazies i love
4: the crazies you know it's uh it's it's a little uneven it's a little repetitive you know considering the the nine of the living dead series and everything but there's there's a lot of good stuff in it. It's got a good cast, and it does have good scares. You know, that's what you want, and uh,
0: yeah.
4: it's kind of exciting. But the other one I've never I like seen. The re-
0: I like the I like the I like the remake too. The remake yeah. that is directed by Michael Eisner's son. Oh, yeah, I, I forgot I, about that. I never
4: I never saw that either. But oh, I've never yeah. seen uh, Season of the Witch, so that would be uh, that would be yeah. interesting to check out.
2: Good to get out. Well. Yeah, that's um, well. There's a there's a documentary now for big fans of uh, Pet Cemetery. It's a 97 minute documentary. That's I watched uh, that. Did you? Uh, how was it? The unearthed yeah. and untold the path to Pet Cemetery. So let's hear your report.
0: <laughs> oh, it's 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 a it's a it really is a typical fan movie.
1: Mm-hmm. Uh, so I you.
0: if you're rabbit if you're rabbit about that and you just want to you would cherish the opportunity to see behind the scenes kind of stuff. On it um, and people talking about like, how great it is, fans and stuff. Oh, I love it!
1: Oh, whatever. Man, that that yeah. book
0: is that book, man. I remember reading that book in high school, and it is the only book that ever scared me.
1: Um,
0: and it was an odd phenomenon uh, when I read that book, and I got so scared when I got, got towards the end. Wow! Of it. So I was really excited about that movie, and uh, the movie's just all right. The movie really suffers because. Uh, its leading actor is so blank. He's such a nothing.
1: Yeah, uh, I agree. And,
0: and and he's interviewed in the documentary. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, well, maybe if, if I think know, his name. Fred Gwynn was brilliant to cast in that movie. Oh, he sure was. Uh, and I like the concept of the movie, but he but when you got a dead weight lead actor, it just yeah, can't summon up much emotion for it.
1: I well, I agree.
4: I love the second wind to uh, uh, Fred Gwynn's career, career with uh, you know my cousin Vinny and and uh, uh, disorganized Cotton, crime the Cotton Club and everything you know I really think he should have been nominated really for an Oscar for both of those movies for a supporting actor Oscar he was just he has the best scenes in the Cotton Club with uh, Bob Hoskins and he's just mm-hmm. absolutely. But absolutely fantastic! My cousin Vinny is the judge, you know. Uh, oh yeah, you know, he's uh, so yeah, he's good stuff.
2: Yeah, it's that's a shame because he died right there when he had that second wind, mm-hmm. and uh, he was well. He was I. He probably would have kept doing it for a while if he hadn't expired, unfortunately.
4: The wind yeah. literally got taken out of him.
2: Yeah. Yeah, I, I when you talk about him, the story that always makes me laugh is, you know, how he hated to be associated with Fred Gwynn, and so they had that guy on Howard Stern's show that would go out and ask these celebrities questions, uh, stuttering, John, you know, who was he was so, um, he he just was pop culturally illiterate, I guess is the best way to put it. And he had no knowledge of pop culture or anything, and they'd just send him out with the stupidest questions, the most offensive questions to ask people. And so they sent him out. Fred Gwynn was—he was—I know you know where I'm going with this, Jamie. I'm sure. But he—he, he, uh, Fred Gwynn had been doing an art gallery show because he painted, you know, on the side. And so they sent uh, Stuttering John out to, and he was looking at his paintings. He said, "Oh, those are great, Mr. Gwynn." He said, "Tell me, when you sign your paintings, do you sign them, Fred Gwynn or Herman Munster?" And he just went berserk. Uh, he just went because
4: <laughs> he he was he was tired of being connected with Herman Munster. Yes, I mean, yes. he, he should thank his lucky stars. You know, I mean, uh, yes. I would think that the Munsters, man. On I have to say, on uh, Amazon Prime, there's a there's a Munsters uh, short or something on there that's like the Munsters in color, and I guess in color, you know, they had to cut. Cut costs on the makeup and everything. Yeah, and yeah it was, it's strange. So, you know, if you want to see something strange, check,
0: check that out. Well, when you do when yeah, he, you do those interviews, though, they want you to lose your shit. So, if you yeah, want to protect right. yourself, just, just keep in good humor. Just play along. That's
2: right. And, right. You know, it's not right. as
0: useful for them when you do that. Yeah. Right.
2: Yeah. Mary Tyler Moore, she nailed it because they kept trying to get her to lose her cool, and she just laughed it off the whole time. You can see that one on YouTube, I think, and she just laughs it off. They keep throwing the stupidest questions at her, you know, asking her if, if she ever had sex with Ed Asner and all that kind of stuff. And she's just, <laughs> you know, just trying to get her – she just laughs it off. But she's, she's the best. But, yeah, Fred Gwen, he was he was an interesting guy. He did not care to talk about for Herman Munster and – I guess he yeah. just had a bellyful of it all. Yeah, he had well, you know, they tried to do a reunion film in eighty one, uh, fifteen years after they did the, the uh the the last uh season, you know, and they did that theatrical film and he, he uh they came after him. The story is they came after him and he did not want to do it and he offered and his wife said, Just offer him some ridiculously uh inflated amount and uh I'm sure they, made that they won't accept it. They did. He they accepted his number. He gave them some ridiculous amount, and they said, "Sure, I mean, we'll do it." <laughs> I mean, like, oh, well. Wow. <laughs> well, he still he was angry. He didn't want to do it even for that amount, but he had already promised them that he would.
1: Mm-hmm. And
2: so, because he yeah. thought there was no way they would accept, and they did, and he got had to get back in the suit again and do it all over again. So it's a funny story. Okay, moving on. Yeah, moving on. The Lion in Winter, 50th Anniversary Edition. I think we might—I might have mentioned this last month because it got—I got a review copy right before uh, we did our last show, so I'm, I'm not sure. But anyway, it didn't officially come out till uh, the 13th, but um, looks great—great uh, great 4K restoration, all that. So, and then yeah. there's the uh, the Age of Innocence has been issued on Criterion. We were talking about Scorsese earlier. Uh, How does that new look? transfer. Oh, it's great. It's
1: terrific. That's
4: a must. Uh you know, I mean there yeah, has to be a lot of sure extras is. on that. Uh you know. Lot uh, you know, uh, ridiculous extras in it. Uh well, does does it uh you know,
2: well actually i didn't get the review copy but i've seen some some shots some uh like screenshots of the actual you know comparisons with the restoration it looks great uh i i am going to get this one uh you know myself because i have to have it it is a must but uh yeah they they've done a really good job i just recently
0: watched it, it again because it was on TCM it, it is mm-hmm. a um, it, you know not only visually gorgeous but it's it's so deeply felt and it, it, oh, it, it's yeah. very uh surprisingly romantic Coming from Scorsese, who you would mm-hmm. not categorize him as the king of romance, uh, but you wouldn't categorize him as the king of comedy either. And he made a movie called mm-hmm. that. But uh, that's right. But *The Age of Innocence* really—it's romantic in in the way of the ache of regret, the ache of uh, loss,
1: mm-hmm. of of mm-hmm. romance
0: never, uh, never allowed to blossom you know. Yes. That mm-hmm. ending. And the Elmer Bernstein score. And, uh,
3: oh, yes. That Elmer
4: Bernstein score is incredible, no question about it. And, uh, you know, Oscar nominated. But uh, I remember watching the movie, you know, uh, when it came out and and thinking, oh my god, this is dizzying. Uh, I, I think it's one of Scorsese's five best movies. I and, agree. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, I... Uh, I I love uh I love the New York feel to it the wonderful use of uh special effects to create the uh create the old time New York uh mm-hmm. you know before things were built up and uh you know it's got a lot of people in it that you you really have to have a scorecard to to keep uh keep things together but uh that's one of the things that makes it so uh rewatchable this this movie is so rewatchable because you're constantly uh, connecting characters together and uh there's resonance uh that deepens uh, in those connections that really deepens the story and uh you know but uh you know mm-hmm. Geraldine Chaplin, mary beth hurt you know uh maria margoyles as the as the uh you know the the spinster, the overweight spinster that kind of controls things with all the vanguette. dogs,
0: and stuff. yeah,
4: yeah. And, uh, then, and,
0: and then you got uh, the, the Joe and Woodward narration, and uh, oh,
1: no. you know, it, it,
0: it reminds me of the uh,
1: <laughs>
0: Paul Newman. I did, don't think Paul Newman quite knew who Scorsese was when he did The Color of Money, and but he he was he said, well, maybe we should reach out to Scorsese since he's so big, and so he wrote him a letter. And he said, to Michael Scorsese, <laughs> 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 the,
4: the pitch color of ruddy all, all sorts of people. to. I mean, you know, again, I'm looking at the list. You know, Jonathan Price, June Squibb, who got nominated for an Oscar yeah. for mm-hmm. Nebraska many years later. And, uh, you know, Norman Lloyd, who's still uh, alive, yeah. uh, the yeah. oldest – oldest living actor in Hollywood, I think, that, uh, you know, has, you know, many, many credits, including Orson Welles movies and everything, you know, I mean, geez, talk about somebody who deserves a documentary made about him, uh, that's that's somebody, and of course, Robert yeah. Robert Sean Leonard, and, yeah, uh, uh, oh, wow, what a movie.
2: Yeah, it's got some nice uh, extras here, uh, new interviews with Scorsese, and, uh Jay Cox and uh, the production designer, Dante Ferretti, uh, costume designer, Gabriella Pescucci? Pescucci? Uh <laughs> oh. I, 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 I think I see another catchphrase. Uh, yeah, yeah, another another sound Bray. drop. Another sound drop. Yeah. <laughs> and there's uh, Innocence and Experience, a 1993 documentary on the making of the film, and there's an essay by uh, critic Kikuchi? Jeffrey Hill-Pray. Uh There we go. <laughs> <Shun-tui-di-kukuchi>. <laughs> there he comes. Yep. So uh, yeah, it's it's uh highly recommended and uh and we also must mention the Saul Bass titles, so uh, it's done. Well
4: Saul and Elaine Bass who is his yeah, daughter, his, right?
2: Uh, yeah, yes, yes, yes.
4: Who right. collaborated right. on a lot of his uh, final things, including Cape Fear mm, and Cape so beer, forth? Yes.
2: Mm. Uh,
4: yeah, so, uh, yeah, incredible.
2: Yeah, true, true. So, um, we'll move from Scorsese to Larry Cohen. Uh, the Ambulance has been issued by Screen Factory. <laughs> Never <laughs> Eric <seen> Roberts. Nice <laughs> segue. Nice segue. <laughs> <laughs> Starring Red Buttons, Eric Roberts, James Earl Jones, wow. and Janine Turner. So, what is it? What is it about? yeah it's the you know the mysterious ambulance that uh is uh, I I've actually never seen it. I'm just reading the the, the thing here that says uh, one minute Josh Baker is meeting the woman of his dreams, Josh Baker being played by Eric Roberts. The next he's watching her whisked away by a mysterious ambulance that never arrives at the local hospital. Doubted by the police, Josh is forced to carry on a one man crusade that leads to a discovery more frightening than his worst fears. So, oh, and Stan Lee's in it also. Forgot about that. So and Eric oh, right. Broiden, who was the star of Colossus. True. There you go.
4: <laughs> and soap opera, soap opera star, and, and mm-hmm. uh, every winning soap opera star. Is yeah. in it so. he was also in Titanic I this? as well. He was About what? 1990.
2: Yeah. 1990. Yeah, he was in Titanic I, as well. So. Oh wow. Yeah. <laughs> so that's a that's a Screen Factory release, and um, uh, I think Screen Factory is trying their best to get get their uh, the entire Larry Cohen catalog out there because they've. They're putting out the the, uh, It's Alive trilogy in May, and then they're putting out Full Moon High in April, which, by the way, I did get the review copy of that, and I'll just go ahead and very quickly say that I really thought that was a funny movie. (laughs) I never had seen it before. I, I watched it yesterday. It doesn't come out for about two or three weeks, but what a cast in that, too. That was amazing! I couldn't hmm. believe it was Ed McMahon and Adam and Alan Arkin both and Elizabeth Hartman and Bob Saget and Demond Wilson and uh, Wow! So <laughs> <laughs> I got to see this. What's oh, it, it called amazing? again? Uh, Full Moon High. It's about it's it's the same premise as Teen Wolf, except it's a hell of a lot funnier. Yeah. And, okay. Uh, yeah, it's very subversive. It, a lot of it takes place in the fifties, and there's a lot of jabs at these. Uh, these people who were afraid that the nuclear bomb was going to get dropped, because Ed McMahon, plays he's paranoid that there's a nuclear bomb going to be dropped any minute, and he's always forever running to the shelter. And it's, I thought it was extremely entertaining uh, and funny. Uh, if only Teen Wolf were half that good. But anyway, wow. I digress. Uh,
4: with this and then the incident, Ed McMahon is having a real resurgence
1: on Blu-ray. Yeah. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> you know. Hey-oh!
2: <laughs> he's very funny in that movie. I was surprised when I was watching it. I said, this guy was actually funny and entertaining. He's good. He's, he's got oh, a lot of you know good what? one-liners. Oh, Ross the... Kelly's in it, too. I wanted to mention that. You remember her from Happy Days. Oh, sure. sure. Uh, she She's supposedly the only uh, member of the cast that Henry Winkler despised that he oh. absolutely could not get along with. Huh? And, and he's the nicest guy there is. We all know that. So if he can't get along with somebody, that should tell you what you need to know. So. Hey, Stan Lee
4: is in uh, the ambulance. So for That's all you. Yeah, sure is. <laughs>
2: yeah. Yep, sure
0: is. Yet another. So, By the way, Dean, the other day, as I was browsing through some records at this old antique shop, I came across the soundtrack to The Van, that movie <laughs> you were talking about last <laughs> month.
1: Oh,
0: good. Oh, man. Sandy I would John. love to have that. <laughs> should I should I get it? Yeah, without anyone else is going to pick it up. I, I can go back. Get it because you are one to year from now; it'll still be there.
2: Get it. Oh <laughs> yeah, that's a good one. It, it's got kind of a good soundtrack, no question. Yeah, okay, that's a good one. So, um, anyway, we'll get into the twilight time real fast. We're going to March twentieth. We're moving up there uh, last Tuesday, and um, so we had the New Centurions directed by the frequently mentioned on our show richard fleischer mm. <laughs> the, the guy who never turned a film down that was offered to him i don't think but uh this is actually one of his better films i uh you know he seemed to be better when he was doing the uh the uh the, the crime dramas and things like that uh-huh. he, uh, he did you know boston stranglers good he directed that and fantastic voyage but this is uh this is a script by Sterling Silliphant, who did, you know, Towering Inferno and Poseidon Adventure yeah. and mm, In the Heat
4: of the Night. In the Heat of the Night, uh, yeah. Uh, right, yeah. Based, it's based, based on Joseph th- Joseph Weinbaugh's
2: book. Right. You know, yeah, which, it's got a great cast: uh, George C. Scott, Stacy Keach, Jane Alexander, and Scott Wilson, and Rosalind Cash. Let so me let I, me just say something yep.
4: about it. Uh, sure. When I was a little kid, we went to uh, the Capri Theater in uh, '72 because my dad was a cop and he had all of the Joseph Wamba Wamba books and mm-hmm. he he wanted to go and mm-hmm. see it and i have to say I, geez, jeez i must have been like uh, 6 or something 7 maybe and uh i was kind of a you know uh you know i went to go see a lot of you know uh, adult movies uh adult flavored movies when i was a kid and mm-hmm. uh That one was a little rough for me because it has a, you know, it has a, there's a suicide scene in it and stuff Mm -hmm. that was kind of scary and, uh, you know, and, uh, you know, I was like, wow, is this what my dad goes through every day? Uh, But, uh, by the way, Eric Estrada, uh, James Sicking, Isabel Sanford, you know, uh, uh, Miss Jefferson. Uh, right. And uh, and uh, Clifton James, the uh, I forgot he was in that the heavy uh, the heavy set uh, character actor who pops up in Superman Two or whatever and, and he, you know J
2: W Peppa and Live and Let Die and Man with the Golden Gun yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> so yeah I enjoyed the new Centurions I think I think it's uh, it's really it's really it's it's good it's I you know it they, is top notch. Sure is, and uh, isolated music track as you know per the usual on the uh, the um, Twilight Time releases and the audio commentary, uh, two different commentaries, including one with Scott Wilson and uh, Nick Redman who runs Twilight Time, and there's the trailer. So, uh, and we'll move on to another one, the Seven Ups with uh, Roy Scheider. Uh, That's a great I... movie. Yeah?
3: I love that movie.
2: Well, it's got a great
4: chase in it. Uh you know, it's 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 uh you know, it's produced by Philip Dantoni who also mm-hmm. did uh French Connection and everything. And directed uh,
2: by Philip Dan Dantoni.
4: It, it, oh I, I forgot that it was directed by him. Yeah. But uh yeah, uh it's uh it works in the, well, pardon the pun, but it works in stops and starts.
3: Uh I you know. I mean overall I think it's still really good. It's, it's well, definitely he, well you need to it's see definitely it. Better than it's, above, it's,
0: above, it's above average uh taco. It's better than a
3: taco movie, slightly better than a yeah, taco Yeah, whenever movie. whenever
0: they make whenever they make those lists of uh unsung seventies movies, seven ups is usually on it. Yeah
1: <laughs> Along,
0: alongside stuff like uh even though not, not so much recently, but the Friends of Eddie Coyle used to always be on those lists as well and
1: that's kinda man. raised up a little bit. Yeah,
0: yeah, it yeah. It's a Criterion. It was a Criterion <clears throat> release, so
4: yeah. Right, Tony Zobianco, who was, yep. of mm-hmm. course, in in uh, French Connection and and also the honeymoon right. killers. Right, he was, that yeah, was that's concerned. true. Yeah, uh, he was great in The Honeymoon Killers, and Joe, Joe Spinell, who's
2: in every movie ever made. And, <laughs> and that's yeah. true. That's
1: true, yes.
2: Yeah, this is uh, an interesting release. Uh, they have the isolated music track as an extra, you know, the Don Ellis score, who also scored French Connection. But, as interestingly, they got their hands on an unused uh, score that was composed by Johnny Mandel, who did M.A.S.H., among mm. many other things. Oh. Mm-hmm. And uh and being that's there here. he also did yep. being there mm-hmm. uh that's true, and agatha, the uh, mm-hmm. Dustin Hoffman thing uh I think he did that yeah uh yeah, so and it has uh audio commentary um there's a there's an introduction by uh, phil DiAntoni. uh there's several featurettes uh a scrapbook uh, that features all kinds of behind the scenes photos and there's lobby cards and media gallery and stills and just jam packed with extra stuff and there's a, a whole featurette on the uh the chase scene and how it was done. So, and uh, Su- Sonny Grosso uh wrote the story. He and sure he's, did he's one of the guys that
4: uh you know, is he's the real guy that was in was he the Roy
2: Scheider character in, in French Connection Yeah. Or?
4: yeah, so, mm-hmm, yeah that's that's right. so yeah, that's interesting
2: too. Yeah. So that's a, they really uh, went all out on the 7-ups, uh, Twilight Time did. And then they also issued uh, one of the uh, early, very early films, uh, early dramatic role for Marilyn Monroe, where she plays a demented babysitter uh, drawn to a man that she is convinced is her dead lover. I'm talking about Don't Bother to don't, Knock.
4: Don't Bother to Knock, In, yeah. You know,
2: right, which is, uh, features the, uh, the film debut of Anne Bancroft. And uh also has uh the great character actors Alicia Cook Junior and Jim Bacchus. And uh Don Beto who used to turn up in some stuff too.
4: And Richard so, Ridmark, uh, of course.
2: Yeah, of course Richard Ridmark is the is the lead the male lead, yeah.
4: Directed so, by uh, the Hammer
2: Hammer Studios uh Roy uh
4: Baker Roy Ward Baker, right, right. exactly. Yes, <laughs> so. Don't bother yeah. to
0: knock. That's also what she told her housekeeper the last night of her life. <laughs> <laughs> and it's
4: got Joanne Cagney in it. Is, that, is she related to Jim James Cagney?
2: Is uh, I wondered she like about his that. wife
4: or something like that? Wondered uh,
2: about that, but I, I don't know. No, no confirmation. But um, you know, uh, uh,
4: James Cagney was her
2: brother. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's interesting. I didn't yeah. know that. So and then uh, the final uh, twilight time release is uh, oh and uh, by the way on the the extras on the don't bother to knock or uh, there's a uh, Marilyn Monroe the mortal goddess the go- mortal goddess and uh, Richard Widmark strength of characters both of these are the A and I A and E biography uh, segments on both of them that have been uh, put did on watch, extras. Did you watch? Did you watch it? Uh, no, I haven't gotten around to it yet. But uh, uh, I'm, one I was going to ask if
4: if Alicia Cook Junior dies in it.
2: <laughs> he usually does, doesn't he? But, Most uh, of his
4: movies, he dies in. So yeah, that's true. So, that's that's a true. lot of sc- screen death.
2: So we come up. Uh, we Scorsese just keeps on popping up, and here he is again in the. Uh, he participated in the extras on this next one, uh, the Sam Fuller film from uh, 1961, Underworld USA.
3: Oh, okay. uh,
2: issued by Twilight Time. He does a whole. Uh, segment on here called martin scorsese on underworld usa so apparently he's a big fan of this film it's uh it's um you know it's about organized crime and how organized crime and big business have merged and it's cliff robertson cliff robertson right right yeah beatrice k and uh, dolores dorn so yeah but it's uh, written and directed by sam fuller and it's got the um of course the isolated music track and the Little little featurette on Sam Fuller here, too, in the trailer. So, anyway, those are your Twilight Time releases for the month, and I think it's a pretty good batch myself. That
4: is. That is a good batch.
2: So, um, yeah. So, The Passion of Joan of Arc has been issued by Criterion, the 1928 version.
4: That's a must. No. That's one of my top ten movies yeah. of all time, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah, sometimes, yeah. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it falls out and comes back in, but uh, yeah. it's... It's always in that top, you know, that top echelon. And certainly, of silent movies, it's one of my favorites. With all the all the close-ups and everything, it's got to be yeah. stunning. And Maria Falconetti is giving what I would consider to be the finest uh, lead actress performance ever in movies. Uh, with uh, Emily Watson coming in second for uh, for uh, Breaking the Waves but mm-hmm. uh, Maria Falconetti is just amazing. Mm-hmm. Never did another movie, that would be another interesting documentary, someone to talk about, do a uh, Maria Falconetti profile or something, because yeah. I really don't know anything about what happened to her or, you know, or what, what she did or, you know, how mm-hmm. can you give her performance of that heft and weight and, and sho- shocking, yeah. uh, shocking performance. And, you know, interesting movie, too, because it's, it's supposedly uh, based completely on the transcripts of the trial. So uh, it is uh, that's a one-of-a-kind movie. Nothing like it.
2: Huh. Yeah, I'm glad they uh, issued that. That was, like I said, a criterion. They also issued the uh, 1970 Volker, Volker Schlondorf film Ball, which starred Rainer Werner Fast binder. and that's been hard to find. <laughs> well, I bet in, uh, out of dis- distribution, but uh that's based one I don't on a, even know. <laughs> yeah, it's based on a 1918 thought, uh, play, so.
0: I, yeah. I thought it was the Lance Armstrong story. Uh, I guess
2: that's it. <laughs> 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 yeah. Well, uh and so Scream Factory or uh, yeah, Shout Factory. I'm sorry. Another one of their Shout Select titles is The Burbs. From 1989,
4: mm. uh, I tried to get through it. I, I, you know, it's something that I've, I've seen clips of, and I love that that scene where uh, uh, Hanks and, and Rick Dakota are 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 uh, out in the yard and they scream about something, and there's that uh, quick zoom in, zoom out kind of thing while mm-hmm. they're screaming, and, and I always thought that was hysterically funny. But really, I don't find very much funny about that movie. But I know it's a kind of a cult movie and everything. Sure is. I tried it's- to get into it, but I just, uh, you know when I tried to watch it, I'm going to sit down and watch this thing finally, and uh, uh, not for me.
0: <laughs> I finally what? watched it last year, and it was you know it's like a two and a half star thing. Yeah. That's what I thought. It's, it's exactly. pretty weak, I think.
3: I know. I, I saw. It's been so long since I've seen it. I don't remember it to be honest with you.
2: I saw it when I came out when it came out and it's funny, you know, because I was a teenager when I saw it and uh, I had the exact same reaction now as I did then, which was that it was mediocre. <laughs> so but you,
4: had, you had good taste even then, you know.
3: <laughs> Thank you. I uh I the idea is better than the actual execution yeah, of the movie. It's it, it, it just doesn't I'm sorry. I mean, I know people it's a cult favorite but even when it came out you're just like I remember watching the home video I am just like this isn't as funny as the trailer I mean it just isn't even even the same way it's yeah, really like it's thinking, a better tra- that, better trailer than a. Than no a movie. but you're like this is not the movie that this wanted to be when they no. set out to make this movie you're watching it and say like, look it's got a great cast and everything but it just it somewhere it just falls short it doesn't have the zaniness and maybe it's too hard to have that kind of zaniness to it. It's you know, it's got all the ingredients there, but it just never gets off. The, I don't think it ever really fully gets yeah. off the ground. It doesn't. <laughs> You're absolutely right, but it does
4: have a good cast. You know, Bruce Dern, sure uh, Carrie <laughs> Fisher. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Corey Feldman for you guys. Yeah, that's right.
1: Mm-hmm. Did, you,
4: did anybody, by the way, see the uh, TV movie uh, "Tale of Two Corys"? No, <laughs> we... I did not. No, I heard <laughs> If you want to see a funny biopic, check out uh, "The Tale of Two Corys." It's uh, <laughs> you know, it's got everything we want out of a bad mm. TV movie, but. Uh, you know, uh, uh, you know, uh, Henry Gibson, brother Theodore's in it. You know, uh, sure, Gale brother. Dale Gordon, Theodore. Dick Miller, uh, uh, Franklin A.J. Mm-hmm. Rance Howard, you know, Ron yep. Howard's father, uh, right. Nikki Cat, uh, you know, uh, all sorts of people in it. Uh, yeah,
2: and it. Uh, okay, it what, good, what else? Oh, uh, <laughs> yeah. Moving along. Enough, enough about I was just going to say. I will tell you this that uh, it does have an original work print on here, which is do- different and has features a different ending. So if anybody's you know curious, uh, it's there. But anyway, um, so Rockula, the uh, Tony Basil, Thomas Dolby, and Bo Diddley starring this one along right. with Dean Cameron from 1990. <laughs> wow! <All laughs> right. What a cast. Dean Cameron, let's not forget Dean Cameron as uh, Piccoli in the Fast Times
3: TV series. Yeah. Let's not forget
0: that. <laughs> but,
3: yeah,
2: this is a Scream Factory re- release, and it's another favorite <laughs> favorite. Favor let's not cult forget cult that. Following.
0: That's uh, that's funny to me. You know how after <laughs> 9-11, you have, the, you have the Never Forget movement? Our Never Forget movement will be Dean Cameron at the Fast Times TV show. Yeah, <laughs> <Never>? <laughs> I
3: was thinking about that. I was thinking about that <clears throat> show
0: because I remember I was like, Fast Times is on cable late late one night I got home from
3: the gym very late and I was watching it and I was just like oh yeah they made a TV show based on this with so Dean and I used to watch for I think three or four weeks it was on and uh, yeah that was it's like yeah Dean Cameron I mean, you can't get Sean Penn get Dean Cameron um yeah.
4: wow well, it's got uh Susan Terrell Oscar nominee mm-hmm. <laughs> uh and uh Tony Cox, the uh the uh, black magic from uh uh Bad Santa. So, <laughs> so.
2: Shame on you. <laughs> well
4: you. Know, it's also got Rodney Bingenheimer, the famed uh DJ, uh <laughs> playing himself. the mayor of the Sunset yeah. Trip. Yes, that's right.
2: Yeah. Um yeah, well we'll uh, well, we'll move on. To uh, this coming Tuesday, which is the 27th, and we're up to the last day. And I will say, uh, I know we normally don't talk about television a whole lot, but I will say that uh, Kino has issued the first season of The Outer Limits, and uh, it's pretty incredible. The and, uh, original, right? The... Yes, the original, uh, the first season. Oh yeah. Oh, uh, it's, awesome. They have remastered uh, the. You know, the quality was notoriously bad on the uh, the DVD release because they tried to cram. Eight episodes per disc on the other one. So the compression was so, you know, it was just so compressed and it just really looked bad. These have all been restored, uh, you know, from the original masters. And every one of them has uh, an audio commentary. There's commentaries from Tim Lucas, who did the video Watch Dog. There's uh, a commentary yeah, yeah. from Steve Mitchell, uh, David chow. Uh, who did the Outer Limits Companion. There's a 40-page book, and the guest stars on this season, the first season, included uh, Ed Asner, McDonald Carey, Dabney Coleman, Robert Culp, Bruce Dern, Robert Duvall, Don Gordon, Harry Gardino, Gloria Graham, John Marley, Carol O'Connor, Ralph Meeker, (laughs) Vera Miles, Cliff Robertson, Simon (laughs) Oakland, Warren Oates, Leonard Nimoy, Martin Sheen, Henry Silva, many more. So see
4: for that reason alone it would be worth worth getting. But uh it is yeah. a show that uh it is a show that uh you know didn't get a lot of play on repeats, you know, very mm-hmm. often. So it would be very fresh, you know, maybe maybe fresher than uh you know, you know not, not the the great Twilight Zone of course, but you know, it's been on TV a lot more mm-hmm. than uh, so uh yeah. So you know, it it might be uh, might be really great to look take a look at that.
2: Oh, it's just incredible, and, and you don't and uh, the the pic I mean the the what they've done with this. I mean how they've restored these, you know. And Conrad Hall shot a lot of these. You know, wow, cinematographer. And so it's interesting to see his early work uh, preserved here. Yeah, you know, now that they've remastered them in high definition, you can actually see what he was trying to achieve with some of these episodes and. Uh, this. Wait, wait also. Uh, just, in oh, case don't know,
4: just in case people don't know who Conrad Hall is, he yeah, multiple ahead, Oscar Clark. winner for uh, Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid and uh, and uh, and, Kool and Luke, Cool <laughs> uh, and Luke, and uh, you know uh, 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 Electric Kool. Light in Blue and yep. uh, and all sorts of uh, all sorts of great things. Uh, what was the Tom Hanks movie that he got? Nominated for an Oscar Road to Perdition. Road to, Road to Perdition, yeah. Road to Perdition won, won won an Oscar right? for it. Uh, his last mm-hmm. Oscar, and uh, uh, yeah, man, great. And also a big commercial uh, maker with uh, Haskell Wexler. They opened up a commercial mm. uh, sure studio. Did. So uh, uh, yeah, mm-hmm.
2: so, shot yeah, the Marlboro
4: where, commercials. I think.
2: Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. This is where he cut his teeth on the Outer Limits, and uh, you know, it's it, and it's good work that he's done and I'm just so glad that this is out there that they took the time to remaster and the the uh, second season is coming out later this summer one of the reasons why this didn't get uh, that you didn't see it as much in uh you know, when it was uh, re-ran or whatever. Because there's not a lot of episodes. There's only 17 episodes. There's 32 in the first season and 17 in the second, which is only a little over 50 episodes. So right. It, you know, just and they're an more hour long. long, aren't they? Right, yeah. Yeah, that's the problem. Yeah. So, that, was a,
4: yeah. that was also a problem with them getting on TV with – they didn't want to take up the whole hour with them or
1: yeah. whatever. So
4: I know, on, I know on TNT when I was working there – uh, we would play them late at night because uh, the head of TNT at the time was a massive fan of that show. So. Yeah.
2: Yeah. So, you know, and this includes the episode uh, that caused the lawsuit with uh, Harlan Ellison and the Terminator. I mm. can't remember the name of the episode, but it's included in this season, the one where he was sued. I mean, uh, Cameron was sued from by Harlan Ellison because he said that it had too many similarities to an episode from uh, The Outer Limits. But anyway, um,
4: Jerry, uh, you're breathing into
3: the phone again. <laughs> uh, is it me? I'm sorry.
2: I didn't mean to breathe. I didn't mean was It might
3: not be. might have been another noise. But
2: okay. Um, yeah. <laughs> okay but anyway, sorry, but... I'll just wrap wrap this up real fast. Just a couple more titles here. Uh, women in Love, Ken Russell's 1969 film uh, is being issued. This, like I said, these are coming out Tuesday. Uh, his and this has uh, you know 4K restoration of Women in Love, which was uh, the movie that kind of jump started i, I guess it well, you could say it put ken russell on the map i mean he'd been toiling away with with smaller films on uh, in britain but this really kind of brought him to an international stage and oscar winner for glenda jackson and uh, well, what's interesting here also is that it has a 1989 biopic that he made about his own life and career called uh, a british picture portrait of an infant terrible so uh, you know, it's um, his only his curious. only Oscar nomination for best director, I think.
4: And uh, I think and, so. Yeah. Uh, you know, uh, Larry Kramer is the writer. Is he the that's guy? Right. That, is he the guy that wrote uh, the play? Uh, I
2: think so. Yeah.
4: He he wrote uh, he wrote a he won a Pulitzer Prize for his play. And of course, it's the cinematography by Billy Williams, mm-hmm. who also shot. You know. I think of Excalibur and uh mm-hmm. and uh, all sorts of yeah. all sorts of movies. So
2: <clears throat> Yeah. So uh yeah so that's been being issued by Criterion and um let's see Scanners is being reissued. It had gone out of print from Criterion. So that was okay. being uh they're putting that one back into print. And the Sandlot is being in a, uh, issued as a twenty-fifth anniversary edition. Wow!
4: That'll 25 sell. Years. Yeah, Twenty-five years. <laughs> wow! That is another one of those uh, cult movies that uh, actually, you know, uh, you know, it just uh, <laughs> it just came out too late for me to be interested in it because, you know, by that time I was in my twenties and it just wasn't for me. Yeah. But uh, you know, I know that uh, it's along with you know the Goonies and stuff are are you know real favorites for. Uh, people in in that generation and everything so
0: I bet you yeah. I bet you that Angel Angels in the Outfield feels very left out. Like what about us? <laughs> our- yeah, it's uh, yes, true. Absolutely. Yeah. Or that you <laughs> Perry Gorilla Ape movie that was baseball or
1: Or oh, that- or Here
4: <laughs> Do you do you remember Here and- Come Do you remember Here Come the Tigers? Which was a kind of a uh, a mid
2: '70s one,
4: which was kind of a uh, Bad News Bears ripoff.
2: <sighs> yeah,
4: I
0: do, I do. No, really it wasn't. Matthew, that. It wasn't Matthew Perry. It was Matt LeBlanc. Here's here, That's here's right. trivia. Here's trivia that you guys don't know. I bet. <clears throat> Keith Morrison, the host of Dateline, you know the really great voice guy that
1: yeah, Bill Hader did yeah, yeah. on
0: SNL. His stepson is Matthew Perry. Oh, wow. has been since 1981. Interesting. Yeah, In that
1: mind.
0: is. <laughs> I'm going to call you up if I'm ever on who wants to be a yeah. millionaire. If that's the question, I'm calling you. <laughs> mm. Yeah. Incredible. Well, who, right, who would have thought? Stormy Daniels on 60 Minutes. Let's go. Yeah,
1: I know. Okay, I know. all right. All right. Well, but,
3: well,
0: I have a question. I have,
3: did, question. I have a Blu-ray question. I do have a Blu-ray question for Adam. Sure. If it if I just, just a moment. Is yeah? The Last Jedi going to... In 4K, is that going to automatically mean like, every Blu ray, or do you have to, it will be specially says 4K on
2: it? Uh, You'll have to get the ones that say 4K. Yeah, there is. Okay, I just, asking.
3: I just. Want to, but, okay.
2: Yeah, if you, and that comes out Tuesday, of course. And if you get the uh, the 4K, will actually include a Blu ray with it. So, you know, if you want to, okay. you can do that. So, yeah.
3: Amazon doesn't have it, so I'm going to probably go to Target or Best Buy, I guess, and yeah. pick it up. But, uh, so, I was just curious.
2: It, but just a couple of uh, universal titles, catalog titles, and then we'll uh, we'll be done here. Uh, they're issuing The Egg and I, which was the f- first appearance of uh Ma and pa Kettle, and uh, stars, uh, of course, uh, Fred McMurray and Claudine, Claudette Colbert. Uh, and so they're putting that out For Whom the Bell Tolls is another one of their catalog titles. And um, Another Oscar winner
1: for supporting yes. actress.
2: That's right. That's right. And... Um, uh, for some strange reason, they're putting out the perfect man with uh, Hilary Duff and <laughs> Heather Locklear. I <laughs> <laughs> don't know. That. Putting pairing that up I, with I For who the film told. I and, can't wait. I can't wait. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I don't understand. I don't know. It, but, right. Hillary Duff uh, kind of tolls my bell. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Well, they're they're pairing and they're putting out also uh, the skulls uh, directed by the great auteur Rob Cohen. That's a terrible him. movie. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he does.
1: He 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 that's not for good. He did Hurricane Heist. That came and like, uh,
2: that's exactly like, right. That'd that'd it. For, <laughs> <it's scary. laughs> for
1: Whom the Bell
4: Tolls is one of the few movies that got all four acting nominations. Yeah. Uh, Katina Paxanow, the Greek actress, uh, uh, mm-hmm. won for supporting actress. Gary Cooper got nominated for lead. Ingrid Bergman for lead. And Akeem Kamirov, the famed uh, character actor. Mm-hmm. Uh, who's most famous, maybe most famous for Touch of Evil, uh, got nominated for a supporting actor. One of one of a few nominations for him. hmm Oh wow.
2: No, but um, you know. And as a final thing, I'll uh, just mention that Curb Your Enthusiasm, the complete ninth season, is out as well. So
1: okay, oh, and an
2: issue. not not a bad ninth, not a bad
4: ninth season with. Uh, with uh, Lynn Manuel uh, Miranda in the last two episodes. <laughs> that was, that was yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. you know, so not bad. Okay, yeah. so, so uh, uh, are we done?
2: Yeah, I, I am on my end. That's everything for March. Uh, okay, All right, let's go see Stormy Daniels.
4: Well, no, 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 no. We know that's going to be online. <laughs> Why do we have to God see? God,
3: what do you have against her, man?
4: I just wanted to mention a soundtrack series that I've come into contact with. It's called KPM 1000, uh, and, uh, you know, I'm fascinated by uh, library music. Uh, I'm just interested Mm -hmm. in uh, uh, library music, particularly library music from the 70s. And I did a search for for this, and I came across this massive uh, treasure trove that's put out by KPM One Thousand, uh, and uh, they're expensive now. You can find them online. They're expensive. They're, you know, for you know, to pay thirty dollars for a, a CD is uh, kind of kind of a lot. But uh, uh, it is so great. And the first one that I got is called is called Big City Suite. Uh, it's by David Gold, and it has a ten ten track uh, you know uh, thing that's. Uh, uh you know trying to recall you know a, a big city it's it's almost crime flavored uh but the rest of it is is also is a lot gentler and uh and could could be at home in a, at a, chew, on a in a chewing gum commercial from the 70s or whatever and it is my favorite cd that i have ever gotten ever and i have Oh God, it has a crazy collection But uh, it is uh, It is just gold Absolute gold And there's so much more out there uh, So we're going to Close out with a track From it uh, um, That's uh, that's uh, Believe it <clears throat> or not it's, it's from Britain It's by a guy named Alan Parker <laughs> Like the British uh, wow. Film director It's called uh relaxed spacious uh you know and it is uh, it is magnificent, just like anything on these uh i i'm this is my new obsession uh k p m one thousand you can uh look it up and there's a couple of YouTube documentaries about the musicians and stuff it's really interesting and uh if this is sounds like something that 's up your alley man it is more up your alley than you can possibly know <laughs> it is like it is like time travel, even though you're not familiar with these things uh, it is so great uh, I just I can't even stand it <laughs>